Well, Satana, blessed be to you, Brett. Ah, and hail Satan to you. <laughs> May death be with you. I feel like Satana, blessed be, is pretty lazy for a Satanist greeting. Like, I, I feel like... If I were a Satanist and I had a Satanist church, I'd be like, oh, hey, Brett, fuck you, burn in hell. And that that would be how we'd all greet each other. Yeah, it seems weird that for um, for a group that's all based on the great rebeller, that they all follow these strict rules about how they're they very have conservative. To yeah, they are. They're very conservative when it comes to their religion. <laughs> <laughs> their devout worship of the great demon <laughs> go satan uh <laughs> all right i guess we should get started on that note We are Necromancer. Go, go, Necromancer. I'm Shira. I'm a rom-com fan. I'm Brett. I'm a horror movie fan. And today we are talking about cheerleaders. Go movies. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So what do you think about cheerleaders? It sounds like you're not into pep. The pep squad's not pepping you. No, no, I, I'm not into, I'm, I'm a, I'm a natural contrarian. So if someone comes up to me and says, Hey, it's a great day out. I'm like, yeah, what's so great about it? Then if someone comes up to me and says, Oh, what a shitty day. Right. I'm like, why? It's a great day out. What are you talking about? So if someone comes at me with tons of pep, my immediate and gut reaction is just to like do the opposite. So wait, so, but you're telling me that if, if somebody's coming at you full pep, then you're going to resist. But if somebody comes at you with zero pep, then you're going to pep on them. Yep. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of just all about that zero pep lifestyle. I've, I've always related to Daria. I, I always saw myself not so much as a rebel or contrarian, but as somebody who would sneer at uh, school spirit as a concept. Uh, like when I was in high school, whenever we'd have a pep rally towards the end of the school day, I'd use that as my excuse to get out early because I knew everybody would be at the pep rally so I could just get in my car and go. Yeah, I don't I mean I I never had like ultra school spirit, but any any excuse to get with my friends and act like an idiot <laughs> that was as good as any for me. So, did you have a lot of experience with cheerleaders and pep rallies? No, the school that I went to was a school of choice. And so it wasn't a private school, but it was like we had a bunch of high schools that were broken up. And so the one that like a I magnet went to, school. Yeah, I, I don't know. I never I never grew up with the term magnet school. But yeah, so it's kind of like a magnet school. And um, we were more on the educational side of things than the sports side of things although our math like i was on math team and i don't i'm shitty at math so 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 they didn't have cheerleaders (laughs) for math team no not for math team no we were our own cheerleaders uh uh no so i didn't really go to like a big sports heavy school i never really got into the whole sports like i played sports growing up but so for you, have has your only exposure to cheerleaders been fictional? Pretty much. Pretty much. Enough so that whenever I see people in real life doing cheerleader things, like if there's a little girl running around selling Girl Scout type cookies, but for her cheerleader squad, I'm like, that's a real thing that people do? Oh, right. Yeah, that's not just in the movies. 
not only is it a real thing, but cheerleading is a sport in itself. For example, oh, yeah. at my school, we, we had sports, but I mean, I, I was on the, ba- the the girls' basketball team, for instance, but we weren't very good. So we had <laughs> cheerleaders and we had cheerleaders who cheered us on both the girls' basketball team and the boys' basketball team. It was it was their job to cheer for every game, basically. Um, but the really good cheerleaders would then go on to do cheering outside of the school competitively. Uh, so there's just, you know, an entire world around cheering that, you know, exists independent of sports. It is itself, you know, the sport. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm really not into cheerleaders. <laughs> at all i i don't i'm not a big cheerleader fan but um the like professional cheerleaders who do it as a sport instead of like the cowboy cheerleaders yeah well no cheerleaders who do it at the like not at pro sports places but people who do it as the sport itself um that's impressive for sure but if you're just kind of hanging out shaking pom-poms being on the jumbotron like uh, I, I don't uh, that's not my thing yeah i i could see that for me i you see i like to refer to myself as a former not like other girls girl uh so i'm getting over a cheerleader prejudice because of course me being the pep rally dodging loser that I was, you know, I thought I was too good and also not good enough for cheerleader people. And it's funny because some of my best friends were or are cheerleaders and have done it as a sport. So I I definitely had to confront my own sort of prejudice about it. But I think that we have this idea of what cheerleaders are symbolically, like automatically being a cheerleader makes you sort of the top of the power structure within a high school. For instance, you remember in the faculty when, um, what is it, Jordana Brewster's talking about how you're the quarterback, I'm the head cheerleader. We're clearly the two most powerful people in this school. Um, But there's, there's something that the cheerleader has that other people don't have. And I can totally remember being jealous of cheerleaders in high school. Like I went to a school where you had to wear uniforms and the only way you could get out of wearing uniforms was if you played sports or if you were a cheerleader. Was to wear a different uniform. Yeah, exactly. You got to wear So you have, you have some choices. You can wear your dumb everyday uniform uh, and an occasional jeans Friday, or you can play sports and wear a different dumb uniform every week, um, <laughs> at the end of every week. So, but the basketball warmups, you know, they're not really feminine or attractive. It, you know, it was so much more aesthetically like catching if you were a cheerleader because you got to dress up in your uniform, you got to carry around cookies and you had all these excuses to interact with boys and not just any, but like the the nice looking guys too, because you had to give them like spirit boxes and baked goods. Uh, There definitely seemed to be like, yeah, being a cheerleader for in a certain sense was it in high school. Although, of course, I was more like that goth kid, in, <laughs> but I'm a cheerleader and definitely on the surface tried to act like, oh, no, that's not anything I want to be. I'm different. I play video games. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I never, like I said, I never really got into the the aesthetic. Is it just me or are cheerleaders, like, uh, especially when we're talking about cheerleaders for schools, does it get a little bit like toddlers and tiaras-ish for you? I think so. I I do feel like um, cheerleader uniforms have sort of evolved to be less, I think, sexual and more like the sport, more just about having the right clothes to fit the sport itself. 
Um, but, but yeah, it, it is kind of weird how it's like, not only are they desirable from a social perspective and they're supposed to stand for this conservative ideal, like with, but I'm a cheerleader, she's trying to use being a cheerleader as an excuse to say, but look, I am the most conservative, heteronormative thing you could be. I am a cheerleader. So it has that connotation on one side. And then on the flip side, there's this whole kind of fetish fetish element to cheerleading that makes it seem like it's specifically designed to be naughty. Right. Yeah, it's designed, the, the dances are designed to be provocative and sexual uh, most of the time. Or they're just kind of, I, I'm, I think cheerleading is loud and obnoxious. <laughs> it's just shouting. It's just a bunch of people shouting and stomping. And telling and doing, you to have spirit. Yeah, like I, that's not the way. Yeah, as an introvert, that's not the way that you get me to get out of my seat and have fun. Um, I just and think that's why they weird, have to die. That's why they have to die. They gots to go. <laughs> They um, got to go. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I do agree with you. There is that sort of split dichotomy there, though. There's like the pureness of it, but then also the fetishization of it. Well, it's such a contradiction, right? I feel like you see that all over American culture where it's like, hey, we're not going to get any, we're not doing anything perverted here. And then, you know, it's like tits and guns and rah rah football <laughs> you know, yeah. at the same time yeah um we live that contradiction every day <laughs> uh did you want to start out with this yeah. specific movie or so where where do you want to start between satan's cheerleaders and but i'm a cheerleader uh let's do satan's cheerleaders first i feel like that one will be a good warm up all right so what made you choose Satan's Cheerleaders among the many cheerleader die movies? Because there's a few. Yeah. So uh, you came up with cheerleaders as the theme. So I Googled cheerleader horror movies, <laughs> just like I did with last week's topic. I just was like, uh, Google telephone horror movies. And just like with last week's, when I saw the name of the movie, I was like, yeah, that sounds exactly like it fits within the realm of theme and horror satan's cheerleaders uh i didn't know exactly how much on the comedy side it would leave but uh do you think this movie knows that it's (laughs) corny oh yeah big time this movie's got a pretty self-aware sense of humor um who you gonna love tonight But um, gonna love tonight. I'm going to have that song stuck in my head forever. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a fun movie. I thought it was better than it, it <laughs> probably than I was expecting. If it was just like a straight up horror B campy indie slasher flick or something. But yeah. And Dean Coondy is the director of photography on this movie. He's done a bunch of John Carpenter movies. Ooh. He did Jurassic Park. Back to the Futures. Like, this guy's a huge director of photography in Hollywood. And this is one of his first movies. Sounds like he's a real jobber. Like, this guy's just, like, extremely reliable. If you are... a Because the movies you just named, I feel like, are ones where the directors are really nitpicky, I imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, or the directors are really good at communicating what they want while also giving you the freedom to make it better. Right. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into the story of Satan's cheerleaders? Let's do it. So Satan's cheerleaders. We start with uh, Benedict High School cheerleading squad and football players. They're all hanging out at the beach while the coaches look on. They run into a rival high school of players and cheerleaders. And then Miss Johnson, who is the most naive, (laughs) just Miss Johnson. There's going to be so much to say about her. Um, (laughs) 
But she proposes that they play chicken, which is basically where the girls sit on the guy's shoulders and then fight the other girls while the guys are, you know, controlling where they move. And so they fight for the territory. Benedict High wins. Go Benedict. Uh, and then the rival high school says they're going to TP the football field. And then later at practice, we see the janitor and secret Satanist Billy cleaning up the teepee while the cheerleaders are practicing and goofing off. And Billy clearly resents the cheerleaders and football players, but this doesn't stop him from peeping on the girls in the shower later. And he particularly fixates on Patty, the blonde cheerleader, praying to Satan to make her his. Uh, I also love, side note, uh, he rocks a bedazzled janitor's uniform. And nobody comments on the fact that he zhuzhed up his janitor uniform. Like, he looks like he's about to walk down a runway where the theme is janitor fantasy. Um, you think that was choice by the costume designer or did they just find like this was the 70s right did they just find no i think that that this was an intent this had to be an intentional choice because no uniform comes like that uh and then on the way to the big game the cheerleader's car breaks down and then janitor billy makes them get into his van and miss johnson who's just totally simple doesn't realize that Billy is kidnapping them until he basically says, I'm kidnapping you. (laughs) And then she tries to take the wheel, the car crashes, the cheerleaders get out, and Billy tries to use his Satan necklace, it's like a a pentagram, to control their minds. Uh, But then it only seems to work on Patty, though, because she immediately takes off her clothes and walks in the woods. Uh, And then she lies down on a satanic altar. But then Billy is unable to touch her while she's, quote unquote, bonding with Satan. Um, Billy is pissed uh, because like all incels, he feels like he's entitled to something. Uh, But then he gets knocked out. So he kidnapped her. She's his. (laughs) <laughs> She's the property now. He kidnapped her. Look what you made me do. <laughs> <laughs> the squad, though, they get back to the van uh, and they drive off. They ask this homeless guy, played by John Carradine, for directions. Uh, he tells them to go to the sheriff's house. They get to the sheriff's house. Uh, they go into the sheriff's living room where there's a big old pentagram above the fireplace. <laughs> Uh, and then it's clear to us he's one of the Satanists and he goes to the scene to check it out while the squad waits with his creepy wife, played by Yvonne DiCarlo, a.k.a. Lily Munster. Mm. Uh, so it's just bad news bears all around. Uh, so the sheriff resuscitates Billy. The gals are making small talk back in the living room. The sheriff comes back and he pulls his wife outside to talk. And one of the cheerleaders, Chris, she follows. And then she hears them talking about killing all the cheerleaders. So she goes back to the squad. They go upstairs. They try to escape outside the upstairs window and drop back down to the uh, out outside Uh, while Patty is hanging out in the living room with the sheriff and his wife. So three of the cheerleaders and Miss Johnson, they make it outside, but then Miss Johnson can't get down from the roof. So she tells them to go on without her. And then the three cheerleaders. (laughs) At the first sign of any trouble, she's like, go on without me. She has the worst judgment, the absolute worst judgment. She trusts everyone literally everyone and she lets so many things happen under her watch she literally stands there while one of the football players is groping and making out with uh one of the cheerleaders and it's like you're a teacher you're supposed to tell them to knock this shit off (laughs) you know like not openly watch them get to second base right in front of you um, but yeah, Mrs. Johnson can't, or Miss Johnson, Ms. Johnson can't do anything. Um, but then the three cheerleaders, they decide to do, uh, 
what most dumb horror movie people do, which is split up for help instead of staying together. Uh, and then, of it course, all of around that way. It's it makes sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense. <laughs> but anyways, they all get caught by the Satanists. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them is caught by a, a different Satanist because this tiny town in California is just full of them. Uh, and Miss Johnson is caught by the sheriff who then rapes her. And thankfully, we don't have to watch the rape. It happens off screen still, though. Um, it, it is necessary to the plot, but also is it? Yeah, I was uh, a little confused that it actually happened until they referenced it later. This is 1977. What, what do you think he meant when he said he was going to teach her a lesson? Yeah, but I like it seems like he started to and then he was like, uh, I'll get to you later. You know, it seemed like a like I knew what he meant, but it the fact that <laughs> they didn't even show any of it. Are you telling me that you wanted them to show it? No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. I know that you used. No, they, they make it very clear that he, he raped her, which bad, bad man. Um, so then the Satanists lock the squad in it also. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, (laughs) anyway, yeah, I, I have a lot of feelings about rape as a plot device, but then again, at least they didn't show it which is really all I can ask for something made in 1977. Uh, So the Satanists lock the squad in a pen and they leave two Dobermans to guard them. Patty then hypnotizes the dog so they can slip away. So the squad is running away. The Satanists are looking for them. And the sheriff's wife, Lily Munster, is like, you guys, we need to pull back now because shit's going to go down. I've got a bad feeling like this, but nobody listens to her, obviously. Uh, And so then the sheriff's wife goes to her altar and she tries to get Satan to kill Patty. But then Patty flips it and reverses it on her and sends the dogs after the sheriff's wife. They come through the windows like the demon dogs from Resident Evil and it's over. Uh, And then even after all that, the Satanists still capture them. Uh, and they bring them back to the altar to marry Satan. But there is one little problem. None of these girls are virgins. Uh, Patty also reveals that the sheriff ruined the ritual because he raped the one person who was a virgin. Which, twist, it was Miss Johnson. The simple cheerleading coach turned out to be the only one who could have married Satan, who, I guess, has a thing for virgins. Uh, you like virgin sacrifice, too. Isn't that... You like that as a device, right? Yeah, I like any kind of sacrifice, really. Uh, <laughs> I think it's... Uh, I, I, I bring that up in the horror version big time. <laughs> like, I think it's an interesting concept as a... Like, it's it's both scary... Gotta it's, be a virgin. It's scary. If you're an unwilling sacrifice, it's scary. If you're a willing sacrifice, it's scary. Oh. That's true. That's that's very true. I, I like that. Um, I know you don't like what we do in the shadows, but I like in the show, they kind of lampshade the whole virgin thing where the familiar has to go to these places to find virgin victims. And he's always going to places where nerds hang out. Sure. Because <laughs> these are, you know, the virgins of the 21st century. Um, but anyways, so... Patty orders the Satanist to kill the sheriff, and they do. Later at the football game, the star player is injured, and then Patty urges him to continue, and he feels better. And we see the team score goal after goal, probably because Satan is helping Patty influence things now. And the end. They're now Satan's cheerleaders. Happy ending. It, it was a happy ending. None yeah. of the girls, none of the girls died. I Patty was very managed, surprised. Manny, Patty managed to save all of them. Yeah, she's a good cheer captain. You know, what's interesting is I was reading this article uh, reacting to the movie because sometimes I like to read other people's summaries of this movie 
and somebody compared Patty's. I, I would say that Patty was possessed by a demon based on what happened on the altar. But this person writing this article said that Patty became a prophet and had a semi-feminist awakening, which I feel like is hoping for way too much from this movie. No, I think this movie is very much witches versus patriarchy. Like, like they they do they name drop a lot of witch stuff in in Satan's cheerleaders, and they treat the like ritual what? like uh, I don't I don't know I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the specifics, but they they treat they treat the the sort of witchcraftery with like a certain level of you know quote-unquote respect you know that like back in the 70s i think people might have treated it more sort of like mystical and alluring and you know i don't know witches versus patriarchy man like rebellion versus the establishment like these I mean, if we were to lean into this interpretation, which I'm going to just say is not necessarily what I believe, because I think there are a lot of gross, sexist things in this movie. But if we're going to take this to its natural conclusion, it is true that the three people who die in the movie, Billy, the sheriff, and the sheriff's wife, were either preverts, as the football team called them, or people who helped preverts, like the sheriff's wife. I mean, you know, letting all this stuff go on, and they are the ones that get punished. And then the rest of the Satanists are kind of, they get to keep keep on Satana, blessed be. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, Satan does want, a group of followers, you know, he just doesn't want those people, but he wants followers. He wants people to like him. Who would have believed that Satan wouldn't want followers who are hypocritical? Hmm. Who would want someone who's hypocritical? I don't know. Not Satan. Satan's got a reputation to uphold. (laughs) I guess so. I mean, well, it's true at the end of the day, really everybody won. Satan won. Yeah, the the squad, the cheerleading squad won. The football players won. The only people who lost were dirty, stinking rapists. Right. Yeah. All the bad guys get punished. Um, the the women band together and stick together, and like their acts of rebellion aren't even that bad. They're just free loving, hippy dippy seventies type. You know young ladies that song i will not get over i mean this movie is so 70s not only did multiple times in my notes i wrote okay they're gonna start having sex now (laughs) clearly gonna have to now's when they're all gonna start having sex like every scene seemed like it was about to turn into all of them having sex, including the scene where they explicitly said, we're having an orgy or something right. like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the girls in it are totally down to clown. They're ready to go at any time. Like this whole movie seems like a bad, like it seems like the bad plot to a porno where it's just the women getting into situations where they're sleeping around. But instead of sex scenes happening, it's a weird satirical horror comedy. <laughs> right. And I, I feel like only a few of them seem to know what movie they're in. Like, I think Patty gets it. Um, yeah. Lily Munster gets it. The sheriff gets it. The hobo gets it. Whew, that lady playing Miss Johnson, though. I don't know. I mean... She but really was like this whole. She thing, was so simple. This whole movie reminded me of like this is basically a Scooby Doo, <laughs> Hanna Barbera type cartoon. It is a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Like 
like at one point the they the, have the same range as a cartoon yeah at one point the the cheerleaders are all running away or something and one of them falls down and i could just imagine them going jinkies <laughs> like yeah these are cartoon characters and they respond to each situation like that character would or they respond to these incredibly dangerous situations with almost zero level of like urgency like when the the guy interrupts the phone booth thing or the (laughs) the homeless man is like oh you're gonna be in trouble now you shouldn't be able to find my home and she's like i just i need to use a phone like they just have this the most unhelpful person ever yeah but they also they don't seem like they're really in danger they almost seem like they're more annoyed that they might miss the after game party oh they're they're definitely more upset by the idea that they might miss the game than that they're kidnapped that they might be killed that they just were raped like miss johnson doesn't go to the i i've been watching a lot of svu during quarkwar uh just because i i don't know because i have a dark sense of humor and because there's a million episodes that I can just blast through in the background. But I mean, being in my SVU state of mind, I was like, well, of course we're going to the hospital and doing a rape kit immediately. I mean, even though we know exactly who it is, but, um, but she just goes to the game. Like, like it's nothing. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to see your team win. you drove all that way. (laughs) What about her mental health? Uh, she seems fine. She seems... <laughs> all of them seemed fine, which was so weird. You know what I was glad of, though? That all of them had their names on their shirts. Yes. So I didn't have to remember who was anyone. But I think you're definitely onto something with this uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoon comparison. I would say that Chris was clearly the Velma of the group because she had brown hair Uh, And then she had the foresight to go and listen when the sheriff and his wife were talking about killing them. Right. And Um, she's the only one who actually makes it to a phone booth, but she just doesn't, you know, she has multiple Satanists working against her. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Overall, I thought it was a pretty fun movie. I think, uh, I think this is the kind of movie that something like wet, hot American summer (laughs) takes perfectly and they can take this entire movie and condense it down to one C plot or one side character. And like, you know what I mean? They can turn. I would love for Michael Showalter to make fun of this movie. (laughs) Yeah. They could turn a 90 minute movie like this into a 10 minute joke spread out through the entirety of a spoof film, like wet hot American summer or whatever they like these movies need to exist for, for the movies that lampoon them. to. to <laughs> it's true. These <laughs> movies walked so they could yeah. run. Uh, yeah. I would say that that janitor Billy is definitely he's, he's got the same vibe as the, the camp cook from wet hot American summer. Yeah. Just a total loon. Is that uh is that going to be your crush for the movie? You, you got to think. No, I, I actually, it was hard for me to decide because I loved Lily Munster. I feel like she was just, you know, being the most, the entire time that she was on screen. And then I did like Chris being the one who had all of the ideas, like let's find a phone. Let Mm -hmm. me find out what they're up to. She was kind of the only one who was halfway smart between the squad. And then, I mean, Patty was pretty cool too, but I just, she did just a lot of like, take off my clothes, lie down over here, spread my arms, stare at you. And and there wasn't as much to that for me. So yeah, I think I would she go with, more with like a vessel for Satan than yeah. an actual character who's empowered. I mean, I she you. had, she had final girl written all over her from the start, even though everybody lived. Um, but yeah, I would say Chris and then, uh, Yvonne DiCarlo. What about you? 
Oh, Miss Johnson. <laughs> really? Simpleton? So that dumb dumb? I loved her so much. And you know why? Because I love characters that are annoying and stupid and that other people don't like, but they still keep them around. And like, they don't make fun of her to her face in a mean way, but they do it in a way that's like, Oh, Miss Johnson, bless your heart. Like she knows she's oh, a little there's different. There's so but, oh. many bless your heart <laughs> moments with Miss Johnson. Like clearly the squad is taking care of her. Yeah. But then I do like it when like for the fifth time in the movie, she goes, okay, guys, just leave me, go on without me because she's tired. And, and they're like, no, Miss Johnson, we can't leave you behind. How would we ever f- replace you? You know what I mean? Like, who out there could ever be Miss Johnson? Only Miss Johnson can be Miss Johnson. And I like that when the <laughs> annoying characters get that little bit of like sincere love. Um, Parks and Rec, Tom Haverford is one of the most annoying dweebs out there. She's but- more like an Andy, though. <laughs> Do you- I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, she's she's got that lovable goofball puppy dog sense of innocence, but she's also just like, she, she's just, I don't know. She's just that perfect level of annoying that I can tolerate that also, but she's, she's coming from such a good place in her heart. Like Tom Haverford is not one of my favorite Parks and Rec characters, but those episodes where they really spotlight him and make him do something nice for someone or someone does something nice for him. It's like, Oh, Tom gets his little happy moment. Yeah. I still think she's more of an Andy, but I, I understand your reasons for crushing on Miss Johnson, the maiden. If if she was played by an actress today, it would be Connie Britton. (gasps) Oh, she has such a Connie Britton vibe. That's a good call. Yeah, the moment she was in the movie, I was thinking, oh, yeah, Connie Britton today for sure. Fair. I like that pick. So did you have any... uh... Did you have any trouble turning this into a horror movie or... You know, I actually kind of had a fun idea, although these days I haven't been really creating pitches that are super detailed. So I I definitely feel like there's there's some fill in the blank uh, moments here. But I uh, I decided to call my remake Varsity and Vice. All right. I like it. And uh, I actually, you know, it's funny that you mentioned how Miss Miss Johnson should be protected. She's kind of one of those people like, yeah, we got to protect her at all costs because she's she's a little sweetheart. Uh, So I did make her relationship with Patty uh, a feature of my remake. Uh, So Varsity and Vice, Satan's daughter, Patty. just wants to be a normal girl, live like a regular teenager, and cheer with her cheerleading squad. But Satan has other plans for Patty. He wants her to stop messing around with cheerleading and start learning the family business, damning souls to hell. Patty refuses to damn anyone to hell and says that she only wants to damn bad people. But, you know, Satan being Satan, he's like, all people are damnable, duh. Uh, and then Patty sees the local sheriff attempt to assault her cheer coach, Miss Johnson, and Patty stops him. Uh, and Miss Johnson says out loud that she wishes someone would send that bastard to hell. And then Patty does it right in front of Miss Johnson. Uh, and the second she does, Satan, dear old dad, pops up. And he whisks both Patty and Miss Johnson away to hell. And he tells them that when Patty granted Miss Johnson's wish, the price was Miss Johnson's soul. And this being Patty's first soul contract and damning, Satan is super proud. So maybe there can be jokes about how, you know, Satan's a proud dad, but he's proud for like all the wrong reasons. And right. Patty just wants to be a normal person. And he's like, no, you can't be proud of me for stuff like this. He's like, no, this is exactly what I want for you. Uh, and so he explains that now 
they have to transfer to Hell High School uh, since her human life is basically over. She just killed a guy. Uh, and Hell High doesn't have a cheerleading squad, so Miss Johnson has a de facto job. So, you know, Patty's like, I'm going to get you out of this to Miss Johnson. Uh, but Miss Johnson is just, you know, she's Miss Johnson. She's happy to just, you know, be along for the ride. And that guy who tried to rape her <laughs> fell into a hell pit. So, I mean, this seems like a pretty sweet gig. Uh, and she's thankful. So hell high school is exactly what you'd expect of a high school in hell. It's an absolute nightmare. Uh, Patty is just a target from day one because she's the big guy's daughter. So, uh, it can, you can have this humor about like, well, what would it be like to be in high school in hell Mm -hmm. and what kind of people would be there what different kinds of demons maybe everybody looks weird maybe they call themselves the hell raisers that's their like team name you know you could have all sorts of fun with it uh very sabrina the teenage witch like right uh so they learn that the hell high school football team sucks uh, they play against heaven every year and they always lose. They have no cheer squad. Satan wants Patty to get right onto this soul gathering business. But Patty says that she wants to show her dad the value of cheer by leading the hell team to victory. Satan's like, you don't get it. Heaven always wins. That's the point. Uh, and she's like, you don't get it. So you can, you have this kind of almost like a sportsy feel good movie, except these are the bad guys from hell, except they're, you know, also our scrappy underdogs. Uh, so maybe we've got, you know, now towards the middle act of the movie, Patty and Miss Johnson getting a group of teenage she demon misfits together Maybe this is when the romantic plot starts to enter in. Maybe Patty falls for this like rebel incubus bad boy. Maybe he doesn't get the cheerleading thing kind of the way Graham is. And, but I'm Mm -hmm. a cheerleader. Um, But then they start to dig each other and maybe Miss Johnson and Satan start to have a thing. (laughs) Ooh. Well, cause remember Miss Johnson was supposed to be Satan's, wife right but then the sheriff ruined it (laughs) and i mean it does seem like miss johnson would make a good stepmom to patty um but yeah so they're working the squad's working on the routine um patty and miss johnson are bonding maybe they're like failing to do it and miss johnson has to give them a pep talk like come on you're satan's cheerleaders we don't need to steal hearts we're gonna steal souls blah 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 like they're they're getting into the whole hell culture uh so it begins to work on everybody the hell team is super positive uh but then the heaven team vandalizes the football field and then they can have something like where they say, and they call themselves angels, Mm. you know, cause there can be, I like, I like a little bit of dramatic irony. Like what if, what if heaven's football team is filled with righteous assholes? (laughs) Right. Uh, And so after the prank, maybe Patty's boyfriend seduces one of the angels to steal the playbook and Patty gets pissed. And then he's like, what do you expect? I'm a demon, not a saint. This is what we do. <laughs> you know, like I want to have those kind of conflicts. Like, don't you get it, Patty? Right. We're evil. <laughs> We're supposed to be evil, but she doesn't want to accept it because she's a cheerleader. So finale climax of the movie game day, Patty's down. They're determined to go ahead. Hell is losing in the first half of the game. We get to halftime. And then the cheer squad gives like a crazy hell cheerleader routine because only Satan's cheerleaders could give a Satan's cheerleaders routine. Heaven's cheerleaders are clean. They're organized. They, you know, they're very robotic. And so the hell cheerleaders really give like 
a cool show. And it motivates the football team to do really well in the second half. Um, but of course, hell still loses. Um, <clears throat> and then in the fourth quarter, the heavens bleachers start to burn. And then all the angels have to escape. <laughs> and in the empty bleachers, Patty sees a message in flames. I love you, Patty. I'm sorry. So just like every rom-com, a huge dramatic romantic gesture has nullified any wrongdoing on the part of the male character. And then Patty and him kiss. And then maybe we see a touching moment between Miss Johnson and Satan. And everybody is happy and filled with spirit, even though, of course, heaven still always wins. Um, but maybe there's just, you know, like, like bad news bear style, like they, they won something more important than the game. Yeah. They, <laughs> they won respect and friendship and family and happiness. Yeah. No. Yeah. I like it. I, I definitely, I, I like that idea of having hell, uh, high school and hell. And just yeah. all the jokes that you could have with that. That seems like instead of the bell ringing, it's like a scream. Yes. <laughs> uh, you could have tons of, uh, of so many gimmicks. Yeah. So many gimmicks, so many cameos. Freddy Krueger could be one of the teachers, stuff like that. Who would teach PE in Hell High School? Um, Jason. I was going to say Jason. Yeah. Maybe. Cause like, they got to run away from him. Or, <laughs> that would be know. hilarious. Like they get there, they get on the field for track and field and Jason is standing there with a machete and <laughs> then he just blows the whistle and is like, run. And then chases after them. <laughs> yeah. yeah Michael Myers so has like a janitor outfit, right? <laughs> He's got like a garage trucker janitor type outfit. So yeah, I just, I could definitely imagine that having a lot of fun and like the whole rom-com element of it it would be like did you ever see that movie what was it called little monster little monsters the the one with the uh, howie mandel um no but i you know what's weird is the movie that i thought of before i wrote my movie is not a movie i think is very good but is also about satan's child it's little nicky with adam sandler Oh, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that. I decided I wanted to write my version of Little Nicky. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Little little Nicky isn't that bad. I just remember that one part. Popeye's chicken is fucking awesome. Oh, my God. Seriously. (laughs) Popeye's chicken. I hope they paid Adam Sandler a boatload of money for that. Yeah. Practically all I remember from that movie is the plot and Popeye's chicken. Popeye's chicken. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm curious to know what direction did you take your rom-com? Well, both of my movies are going to go in a very anti-religion twist. And so the surprise, 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 surprise. So for the other movie, it's going to be a little darker and grimier and grittier. But uh, for the wrong God, Brett, dude, I hate I hate God so much. Let me tell you. (laughs) Let me tell you a couple things about this God guy. Um, So I I, this one is going to be a little bit loosier, goosier, though. Um, Okay. so basically this is going to be like a sequel. And I'm just going to call it Satan's Cheerleaders. Because if we're in horror territory, if they can call a movie Halloween and then remake that movie and call it Halloween and then remake the original remake, but it's really a sequel and call that sequel to the original Halloween, then you know what? I can call my movie Satan's Cheerleaders. So, (laughs) Yes, you can. So, uh, yeah, it's horror territory. And oh, don't even get me started on the Texas Chainsaw franchise title massacres um so we're gonna have patty chris debbie and sharon and they are we'll say about like 10 to 15 years older and so it'll be like oh you mean their actual ages the ages of the actors 
Uh, well, no, I'll get different actors to play them. But in the in the story of the Satan's Cheerleaders canon, it's like ten years later, so it's the late '80s, and now the women are more grown up, and so they have real jobs and real responsibilities and real things that they have to do, right? And so Patty is a is a teacher at school, and she's got a daughter, and she teaches at the same school that her daughter goes to, and. Chris is a lawyer and Debbie is a doctor and Sharon is an ornithologist. Someone who studies birds. Someone who studies birds. That's right. And so I was thinking for casting, uh, Dakota Fanning could play Patty. Alexandra Daddario could play Chris. Oh. Kate McKinnon could play Debbie. Wait, but she's older than... They... they, They're... She's not yeah. nearly the same age as the other two. Yeah, but then you know what? For the ornithologist, I'm going to throw in Anna Ferris because I know that you're an Anna Ferris fan. And we I like love Anna, Anna Ferris. But we can make a joke about uh, Anna Ferris is clearly older than the other three for sure. We can make a joke maybe that she was held back in school. I think Kate McKinnon might be older than. No, Kate McKinnon's pretty young. We'll have to look that up. Um, so, but basically it's all of them and they all have their lives and they're all doing very well at their lives, but something seems to be missing. And Patty realizes that in the town that they live in, it's very religion centered. It's very religious. Everyone is super religious and that's kind of bothering her because it's starting to get in the way of her daughter in learning and growing up. And I know that we mentioned on one of the podcasts that you grew up in like an all abstinence program and oh, well like, no texas schools were allowed yeah. to really do um prevention courses it's abstinence only education right so this is not going to sit well with patty right <laughs> which is versus patriarchy so she's going to be like we got to change something about this so she goes to her old gang she gets the old gang back together and she's like, hey, remember when we used to be cheerleaders and we raised hell and we like talked to Satan and we and killed we, that rapist? Yeah. And like we did all this cool stuff and we rebelled against the man. What if we did that now? So they end up forming like a vigilante cheerleader anti-religion group called Satan's Cheerleaders. So they have like uniforms like a superhero would have uniforms and and like they go out and they have masks and stuff and they basically fight crime only instead of crime they're fighting religious brainwashing and so they have to do something for each of their jobs so for the doctor maybe the doctor is sick of the fact doctor is played by uh kate mckinnon so maybe she's sick of the fact that she heals all these people, but yet these people are going around not wanting to be vaccinated or like thanking God for all these miracles that are like, no, it's science. Science is doing all the work. So well, like the people cheer- who don't get medical help because they believe God will heal the illness. Right. So Satan's cheerleaders breaks into the town healing fountain. And they're like, they basically do some kind of, who like musical dance number and convince all the people at the healing fountain to actually get medical attention and get vaccinated. And so it's like, they're starting to stir things up in the town, you know, maybe the, uh, the lawyer goes to like this new mega church and is like, Hey, this, this property that, was just bought was built using taxpayer money. We should Ooh, take or it they're back. Embezzling. Yeah, and so like the the taxpayers take it back and build a park or something, you know, something silly. The bird lady is like, uh, well, actually, I don't have a lot of religious stuff that interferes with being an ornithologist. And they're like, come on, there's got to be something. And she's like, okay, there's this place called Doves of Love, and it's a it's a bird shop in the middle of town that sells doves to religious groups so that they can release them into the wild as like signs of peace. Oh, like when Michael Jackson was acquitted. I don't remember that. <laughs> oh. I don't remember watching that on TV. No, <laughs> there was a lady. 
Oh, there was a lady who released a dove for every crime he was acquitted of. Oh, wow. Well, I don't know if you know this, but you're not supposed to release those doves because they're bred to be pets and they will die in the wild. So so then why are people going around releasing doves during events? Because it events? looks pretty. Because it looks pretty. Uh, and so Anna Ferris is going to be like, yeah, I don't like this place selling doves to basically be murdered in the wild. That's not cool. So they like break into the doves of love bird sanctuary and steal all the doves. And then they're like, what are we going to do with all these doves? And maybe they donate them to like magicians or something. Wait, and but then- the magicians also kill doves. Haven't you ever seen it's- the prestige? Yeah, but haven't you ever seen, well, I was, I was going to say Arrested Development, but that's not good, right? He uh job kills a bunch of birds in that one. all the magicians kill birds it's just an illusion <laughs> um and so and then maybe they go to like the teacher's school for the, where the daughter is and they do this like abstinence anti-abstinence only dance or something but basically the more trouble they cause in town the more the vatican is going to be like sending their fbi equivalency Ooh, to figure out who's up trouble yeah. For the anti abstinence dance, you should have it be them doing this like really dramatic demonstration of a condom being put on. Mm. Like have them like doing this whole dance and holding out these objects and putting a giant condom on a giant penis and then having these conservative teachers being like, oh Lord. Well, one of the. <sighs> I, I would the, love something like that. Two of the women could hold one of the 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 women sideways, right? So like cheerleaders hold each other and stuff. They could hold one of the women one of the women parallel with the ground, and then the other one could dance around her with like a ribbon or a sheet, and they could do like an interpretive dance version. Like putting, she's the penis, and they're like putting the condom the on, and they're putting <laughs> and their they're putting condom, condom on, her. on her. It's an interpretive oh, dance. I love version. that. <laughs> All right, go on. Uh, yeah, just seeing Kate McKinnon be a penis would probably be something <laughs> that yeah, she I would like do. That. Yeah. Um, and so basically by the time they get finished with the dance, it's like a big rousing moment where the whole school is like, yay. But then the Vatican FBI shows up and unmasks the group and they're like, oh no, it's really these four women from our hometown. And oh no. And it's like, it's half of it is controversial and half of it isn't. So then the women are going to be excommunicated from the church and from their town. So they have to go on trial and then at trial, we just do a bunch of like goofy little trial gimmicky stuff. But ultimately, it comes up with them having to make their own closing defense. And then, they, are you going to give them like a a really like dramatic lawyer? I don't know who I would give them. I didn't think of an actress off well, the just, top of my well, head. Well, I mean, just like as a character, the lawyer defending them, it's making like, some really grand speech about their purpose. Like a Helen Mirren or Meryl Streep, like really. Yeah, it's like, like wouldn't you right. be a Satan's cheerleader too? <laughs> yeah. If you, the, the. <laughs> yeah, just like that wouldn't kind you, of. Um, wouldn't you. Wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so then they they end up having to have an excommunication battle. Patty has to end up fighting the excommunication priest or bishop or whoever, and they have to have like a little spiritual spell battle. And so you have half of the courtroom is filled with the conservative Satanists who are like chanting from the book and doing things like like you were doing at the beginning, the praise be, oh, Satan, Santorum, praise be, oh, Satana, blessed be. Yeah, and then half of the courtroom is cheering for Satan's cheerleaders, and they're doing more, like, cheery-type cheers supporting the cheerleaders. And then the cheerleaders win the battle, and the conservative people get kicked out of town, and the the hippy-dippy Satan's cheerleaders types takes over, and... Like everyone imagines the town is going to erupt into chaos and debauchery and sin, but really it's just the town is fine. And that's the end. Happily ever after. Oh, I like that. And and then the whole town becomes Satan. Right. Satan's town. 
Yeah, just like the real Church of Satan in real life is like they're not really Satanists. They're just people who are trying to shine the spotlight on separation of church and religion. That is true. Yeah, I I like that ending. They saved the town. Yeah, so it's less of a rom-com and more of like a bridesmaids-y sort of, you know, get the band back together movie. I like that. I yeah. kind of reminds me of um, the love bite that I was going to recommend this week. Ooh, nice little tease. Uh, oh, do you like you like that transition? Yeah, I do. Uh, but we gotta we gotta tease it, draw it out just a little bit. Tease out the love bite with a little love nibbles. Um, look for us on all the socials. Email us. Send us your love and questions uh hit us up on facebook and twitter we are at the necromancer pod and on instagram we are at the necromancer podcast gmail that would be necromancer podcast at gmail.com let us know if you have any feedback or if you want to talk to me about fire emblem Mm -hmm. uh or to brett about rango (laughs) yeah i will talk to anyone any day for any amount of time about rango (laughs) well you heard it yourself so love bites recommendations for our listeners i almost said viewers but they can't see us yet. Yet. Maybe you if should they use definitely their email <laughs> if you want it to become a video podcast. Uh, so what I wanted to recommend was another cheerleading movie that uh, I don't know if I would call it a rom-com. I think it's, it's more an ensemble movie, kind of like what you were pitching, where it's a group of cheerleaders who are best friends. The name of this movie is Sugar and Spice. And the plot of the movie is the head cheerleader and the head quarter, or not head quarter, the head cheerleader and quarterback find out that she's pregnant with twins and their parents immediately kick them out. And the squad decides together that they are going to rob the grocery store where the head cheerleader works uh, to help her get money to raise the kids. And then the nemesis is this girl from the B squad who wants to be on the A squad, um, but they, you know, she's, She's B-Squad. And so it's told kind of narrated from her point of view as she's being interrogated by these police officers and she lays out the entire heist for them. So teenage girls, bank heist, comedy. Uh, One of them is obsessed with Conan O'Brien. I think it's a fun, silly little comedy. All right. Yeah. I definitely remember that movie coming out, but I don't think I ever saw it. It's it's the only movie I saw as a teenager where I saw a pregnant teenager depicted (laughs) going to school, being full on pregnant and having kids while still in high school. But it wasn't treated like it was this like super crazy thing. It just was whatever was happening to those characters. But I remember it being a funny movie. Uh, Mina Savari's in it. She's the tough cheerleader. Um, James Marsden is the quarterback. Uh, but yeah, it's just a just a fun little movie. All right. And I know you love a heist. I do. Yes, heist movies are some good movies. Um, they always steal my heart. Uh, <laughs> right. So, what about you? What do you got for us? I know that you like to go the route of more connecting the themes, like recommending a cheerleader movie, whereas I go more the route of like sort of more of a, what I've been watching or doing right. lately. Uh, well, most of my time has been spent playing with a little kitty cat. So my love bite is going to be kittens. <laughs> Wait, so... Are you saying that for your recommendation this week, you are recommending that people get a kitten? Yes, they're great. Okay, first of all, Sonia Sell and me I, on kittens. Sonia and I had three cats, right? We have Stevie, Ocelot, and Johnny. And Stevie is 13, Johnny is 
eight ish and Johnny is uh, five, five or six ish. And so we have, you know, older cats. They're still, they're still young, but they're a little bit older. And so then Sonia was like, well, we should foster. We should foster a little kitten. So we got a two-year-old cat named Totino. And so we've been calling him Tony Totino. And uh, he's great. He fits right in. He loves our cats. Our cats are starting to tolerate him. And he's so much fun. He's such a little dumb cat. He chases everything you throw around the room. And he'll snuggle up and get all tired and fall asleep and be all cute. And, I mean, we live in times where, like, we we might have to overthrow our government soon. So, so like, times are really weird and stressful out there right now. But in my apartment, things are pretty cool because I got a little cat running around. And, and kittens fix that. Kittens and, he's, and he's playing with us and he's playing with kittens and he's, oh, he's great. I definitely recommend getting a little kitten if you want to. Uh, I mean, Tony's not a little kitten anymore. He's two. Two is still pretty big for a cat, but yeah. But he's still got his little kitten zoomies. Yeah. And so he's great and he's cute and he's fun. And we, we have, we didn't even make it a week before we foster failed, man. We foster failed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we put in the papers to make it official and hopefully we'll hear back soon. Cause he's, I don't know where he is right Aww. now, but he's great. Yeah. So go get yourself a cat. And if, if one cat isn't enough, go get three more because I definitely recommend having four. Well, you heard it here first. Cats are the solution. Meow. Meow. Necromancer is produced by Brett Dorman and Shira Moore. The theme song is Symphonia 3 by Kevin McLeod on the album Oddities.